When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. We are back at it. Welcome to the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, and I am here, as always, with my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Got a great show for you tonight. We're going to kick it off with our news quick hits in just a moment. But white boy Malcolm X, before we even get started on today's program, I heard from the Summit Mistress yesterday, and do you know what she told me? And I know you don't know the answer because I'm her favorite. She texts me more than she texts you. But she told me yesterday that she thought Black History Month was not 28 days, because I know you were upset, sir, that even though you're fake black, you were still celebrating Black History Month, right? You had your Kenty cloth on, and you were all woke and down for the struggle for 28 days. But Summit Mistress told me that she thought Black History Month actually started in late January. So I was kind of giving people crap because I'm like, how could you give the capital B black folks, how could you give them only 28 days to celebrate black history? When every other month is much longer, the gays, folks like me and white boy Malcolm X, the queens have 30 days for gay pride in June, but they only give the capital B black folks. They only give them 28 days in February, but apparently there's a workaround white boy Malcolm X. They get, I think, January 30th and 31st as well. So they get technically 30 days instead of the 28 we thought they did. That's according to the summit mistress. But even if they don't, you know what you get, sir? This month in March, 31 days is Women's History Month. So, and the best part is you don't even have to get your hardware changed. You can just identify as a woman for 31 days. So I think the perfect setup, folks, is if you were a black lesbian, because you get Black History Month in February, you get Women's History Month in, in March, and you get Gay Pride in June. If you're out in San Diego, I think they do Gay Pride in like September. So you might get four months if you are a black lesbian living in San Diego. <laughs> All these months, I just can't keep track of them, but I did see uh, Women's History Month is now. So if you are, well, I don't even know if you're, if, I don't care if you're a woman, if you identify as a woman, <laughs> you want to call yourself a woman, happy Women's History Month, hardware notwithstanding. And on that note, let's go ahead and jump into our news quick hits before I dig myself into a deeper hole. How's this, white boy Malcolm X from the Washington Examiner? White House shifts thinking on Beijing Winter Olympic boycott as pressure mounts over Uyghur genocide. And here's the poll quote on that. The White House is signaling a rethink on its stance towards the Beijing Winter Olympics as pressure mounts for a boycott or for the games to be moved elsewhere amid intense criticism of China's treatment of Uyghur Muslims. And I'm sure that is a worthy cause, don't get me wrong, but I know you queens out there. <laughs> and I know you, white boy Malcolm X, are going... Seriously, I'm not going to get eye candy at the Winter Olympics. Jesus Christmas. I'm not having that. So I don't know if uh, creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer is actually going to go ahead with that. I seriously doubt it because, let's face it, that might hurt his interest, his investments in all those Chinese businesses. And we don't want to send a hunter over the edge in another Coke fit if, uh, if his investments lose out because we're punishing China too much. On the bright side, 
at least it's not the Summer Olympics if they do that. So that's where all the all the good eye candy is during the Summer Olympics. But that seems to be safe for now. I think that is in, in Tokyo next year. I think they're going to do them at the same time. Thank you, COVID, I guess. I don't know if any of you folks watched CPAC, any or all of it. I keep meaning to watch the Trump speech from Sunday, but we were doing the podcast and getting ready and all that fun stuff, but I have yet to catch up on that. I guess I'm going to have to, I don't know if YouTube's banned it by now. They probably have. So I guess I'll go to Rumble and see if it's there, but there's been some really interesting news coming out of that and poor Hyatt Hotels, they just wanted some business, right? The hotels have been shut down for God knows how long. And they thought, oh, I'll just bring a bunch of conservatives and hopefully they won't riot or anything. And I tell you what, though, a lot of people have been getting butthurt at, uh, at the Hyatt for not throwing them out or taking the reservation in the first place. Because I guess that's what it's coming down to at some point, folks. You can check into a business and they're going to ask you your, your political persuasion because they want to make sure, okay, well, ah, conservative. Yeah, your reservation's been canceled. Sorry, you need to go to a, go to a Motel 6 or something. You go, 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 go away. Yeah, they are really upset about that, but uh, apparently, I did not know this, but this is from Blaze Media, and here's the headline on this. Hyatt Hotel says it is taking seriously criticism about CPAC's stage shape as social media claims abhorrent shape is Nazi hate symbol. So yet again, conservatives are being compared to Nazis. (laughs) And here's the poll quote from that. Hyatt Hotels say it is taking seriously social media claims that insist the CPAC 2021 stage was inspired by a rune that Nazis used on their uniforms Insider reported. In a late Sunday statement, Hyatt Hotel Corporation said that hate symbols are abhorrent after tweets compared the CPAC presenter stage shaped to a Nordic rune that appeared on Nazi uniforms during and around World War II. So that's, I guess, I don't know if that's grasping at straws or what, but apparently the design of the stage looks like some Nazi rune that nobody's ever heard of until some idiot dug it up on the internet. And so that is what now Hyatt not only has to defend having conservatives staying at their hotel, they probably have to get the damn thing fumigated now for any liberal to stay there moving forward, but they now have to defend a stage design that appears oddly enough like a Nazi rune. (laughs) There you go. With that, next thing you know, you say good morning, you're going to get accused of being a Nazi because I guess the Nazis probably say good morning as well. So you woke liberals out there will try anything to compare conservatives to Nazis. And I think you're going to have to try a little harder than a Nordic rune that looked like it was on a Nazi uniform. This is from American Military News. U.S. soccer will now allow players to kneel for national anthem. Uh Uh-oh. Here's the pull quote. The U.S. Soccer Federation will no longer require players to stand for the national anthem, voting to repeal a 2017 policy that called on national team players to stand respectfully during the Star Spangled Banner before national team games. And, uh, my boy Malcolm X, since you're fake black, are there any actual black people playing soccer? (laughs) I don't think so. I just assumed that this is just going to be a bunch of woke white liberals who play soccer professionally. Virtue signaling. They're going to be able to go around and kneel and say they're down for the struggle because they can kneel during the national anthem. I mean, I don't know. Every time I look at a soccer field where the Americans are playing, it looks like a bunch of white kids running around. (laughs) There's that dopey lesbian with the purple hair. I guess now she can kneel. She'll be happy to do it. She'll probably kneel twice. She'll get down on her knee, get back up, get back down. I did it twice. Good for you, folks. If that makes you feel better, 
to get down on your knee during the Star Spangled Banner. Enjoy it. Maybe you can spit on a flag or burn one in the center field if that makes you feel better as well. This is from Zero Hedge. Gab hacked. Group promises goldmine of info on militias, neo-Nazis, QAnon. Uh-oh. And we all thought that QAnon went to France, but I guess they're lurking about on Gab. And I was on Gab for about, I think, two weeks. It is kind of nutty, <laughs> to be frank with you. It's just kind of weird. And I have to just say, there is some fake news out there, folks. I would kind of scroll around on the news feed, and I saw an article once, and it had to do with Chelsea Clinton. It looked like they were, the article had to do with the FBI raided the Clinton Foundation, and Chelsea was so hysterical, they had to cuff her and put her in the back of a car. And I'm like, what the hell? What is that? So I hit the link. It takes me to this news website, and it describes this. I'm reading the whole story, and it's about the FBI went in to raid, and we're taking all this stuff, and Chelsea was upset. And I'm like, I didn't hear that anywhere. So I, of course, went to, you know, like Google News, and I Googled that. And I know the big woke tech companies with their buildings full of, you know, woke pajama boys, these virgin kids, policing the news, what we can and cannot read. I know they probably would have blocked that, but I'm like, nothing on Fox News, nothing on OANN. There's nothing on any of that stuff. So I'm like, that actually is fake news. So there are websites out there with a lot of really insane news out there. And that's Gab, right? That, that was my impression of Gab was just nutty story after nutty story after nutty story, just like that had no basis in reality, just some weirdo probably living in his mother's basement, <laughs> making up crap like that and putting it online and these poor dopes, they fall for it. So I think that's why they had Pizzagate story with some guy went to a, a pizza place and I don't know whether he shot it up or was going to shoot it up, but he was under the impression that there were pedophiles there and they had all these kids in cages in the basement. And so he went there probably reading one of those stories, but that is my impression of Gab. I got off there and have not looked back since. Deleted my account, so I guess they got nothing on me and even if they do, I only... I don't even think I posted anything there. So they got nothing on me. Miller Frost is as clean as the wind-driven snow. This is from the Atlantic. Why don't more men take their wives' last name? And I'm sure there's a joke there, but I'm not going to say it right now. And here's the poll quote for that. In the run-up to marriage, many couples, particularly those of a more progressive bent, will encounter a problem. What is to be done about the last name? Some have attempted workarounds. The Smiths and Taylors have become the Smith-Taylors, Taylor-Smiths, or more creative, Smilers. And folks, what have I said about kids coming from these hyphenated name families? They're all leftist nutjobs. <laughs> angry, angry, angry leftist nutjobs, and they all go on college campuses and brainwash your kids. But there just isn't always a good, fair option. And so it is that, even after generations of feminist progress, the expectation, at least for straight couples, has remained. Women take the man's last name. The opposite, a man taking his wife's name, remains incredibly rare. In a study of 877 heterosexual married men, less than 3% took their wives' names when they got married. <laughs> and that, folks, that is a crisis over at the Atlantic. Not that anyone else is complaining, right? I know tons of women who are married and proudly took their husband's names and Nobody said a damn word. Nobody's complained. No one's vented. Everyone was doing it. It's just the thing to do. And if people don't, hey, that works too. You know, it doesn't matter to me. People want to keep the hyphenated names. Please don't raise your kids to be monsters. But, you know, if they want to do the hyphenated names or the woman wants to keep her maiden name, you know, who really cares? I don't care. None of my damn business. And I got more important things to worry about than what you call yourself. But uh, here is a very interesting secondary poll quote from that. 
When her fiancé, Avery, announced that he wanted to take her last name, Becca Lamb, a 23-year-old administrative assistant living in Washington, D.C., told me that at first she said, no, it shocked me. I had always expected to take my husband's last name someday. I didn't want to do anything too out of the norm. And can you imagine, folks, Becca Lamb? Poor, poor Becca Lamb. She probably kind of had this image in her mind of marrying Mr. Smith and being Mrs. Smith, being Mrs. Becca Smith, and it was going to be wonderful and a blissful wedding and nice honeymoon and all that kind of fun stuff and raising a couple kids and and being Mrs. Smith for all eternity. And she's got some <laughs> Avery coming to her going, Ah, uh, honey, you know, she's she's going out with some pajama boy, right? Probably lives in his mother's basement. Ah, uh, honey, I, I'd like to be Avery Lamb. <laughs> I don't want you to take my name. I, I don't want to take yours. And she's probably like, oh, crap. I'm not marrying a man. I'm marrying a man child. What the hell am I doing? So you have fun, Becca, with your little pansy fiance and pansy husband, because that ain't getting better after you marry him. This is from the Post Millennial. China calls Canada, Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance, an axis of white supremacy. So I got to tell you, folks, the Chinese, they know how to gaslight better than almost anyone. And they are, they are trying to rile up all the woke folks in the United States, hurling out white supremacy. Because, you know, they just like a, it's like a Pavlovian response with the social justice crowd. Like, white supremacy, white supremacy, where? And the Chinese are like, your intelligence agencies are white supremacy. Oh, we got to get rid of those. Let's get rid of them. Let's get rid of everything. Let's give everything to the Chinese. So anyway, here's the poll quote. China has accused the Five Eyes, an intelligence-sharing alliance between Canada, the United States, the United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand, of being an axis of white supremacy. They have formed a U.S.-centered racist and mafia-style community, willfully and arrogantly provoking China and trying to consolidate their hegemony, as all gangsters do, reads an editorial piece in the Global Times, a Chinese state-run news outlet. <laughs> Those folks are, I would call them crazy, but they're not. They're crazy like a fox. They know exactly what they're doing, trying to rile up the woke folk here in the U.S. and elsewhere. You know, I've said several times on the podcast that I could probably do an entire podcast and all I would do is just race stories. Race, 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 race. White supremacy, white power, white privilege, on and on and on and on and on. You could just pick the news outlet and I could do story after story after story for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, on and on and on. I could probably do a whole week of it. But I'm not going to do that because it just riles me up <laughs> like it is right now. But uh, I'm just going to read you a couple headlines. So this is from Newsbusters, MSNBC hate. Republicans are skeptical of big government because they're racist. And that came from MSNBC. So that is par for the course. Doesn't matter there. Boston.com. Not one, but two headlines. Why one Massachusetts lawmaker says the state's vaccine rollout is a textbook case of structural racism. And then they follow that one up because that wasn't, that wasn't enough for them. Johnson & Johnson vaccine deepens concerns over racial and geographic inequalities. Man, they are, they are almost as bad as the Boston Globe. And if you want to know how bad the Boston Globe is, they can't report on the weather without dragon racing. Everything at the Boston Globe has to do with race. If they're doing a, a recipe in their little food section, it's got some racial component to it. If they've got the auto trader section, they've got some racial component in there as well. Doesn't matter the theater. Pick your section, business, anywhere. There's race, 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 race. That's what they do. And if you're an editor at the Boston Globe, remember that Saturday Night Live skit with more cowbell? That's what they do at the Boston Globe, and I suspect at the New York Times, 
Instead of we need more cowbell, it is we need more race. Race in this story. I don't care what the topic is. Make it about race. But not to be outdone, folks. USA Today, they came through as well. Virginia set to be the first southern state to legalize recreational marijuana. Critics say the bill falls short on racial justice. So even with dope, people want to get high. Yeah, there's race involved in that too. And then they followed it up with this one. The Senate filibuster has a racist past and present. End it so America can move forward. Like I said, they can't help themselves. It is a just instinctual reaction with these folks. Speaking of race, though, here's another one. Campus reform. Vermont Democrat wants to send teachers back to college to learn African-American history. And first off, I'm confused because I thought we were supposed to say black, but we're not even supposed to say black. We're supposed to say capital B black because it has to be capitalized. So I don't know why African-American is even in this headline, but apparently it is. But here's the pull quote. If passed, the bill would require all teachers seeking to obtain or renew a license to teach in a public elementary or secondary school to have completed at least one three-credit course in African-American history, or capital B, black, if you are woke, at an accredited college or university. State Representative Maida Townsend, a Democrat who introduced the resolution in January, stated in an interview with the local NBC affiliate station that Vermont absolutely must deal with the matters of racial bias in our culture, and schools are always looked to for helping to remedy the problems of our culture. So folks, according to Representative Maida Townsend, we can solve, pretty close to, I think, we can solve racial bias in culture. We can solve all this white supremacy, all this, you know, crazy going on with white people oppressing the uh, the BIPOC folk. We can solve that apparently with a three-hour college course. <laughs> so, that's all you have to do. Just go, go sit in a classroom for a couple of weeks and boom, that is just solved, taken care of. Get that uh, white privilege taken right out of you. So it's good to know, Maida. Good to know that you are on it. But You know, if you're thinking, you know, Miller, that seems really odd to me because I thought Vermont was all white people anyway. So I don't know what's going on there. What what racial bias do they have up there? It's a bunch of white people. (laughs) They prejudice against themselves. What's going on there, Miller? Well, you're close. You're close. You are. uh, That that is not an unreasonable assumption. But uh, I did go to worldpopulationreview.com. That's where I got these statistics. But did you know that white boy Malcolm X, you may not want to go there because you're fake black, but. White people are 94.16% of the population in Vermont. Vermont is as lily white as you can get. And capital B black folks, they are 1.36% of the population. So if they get their way, if Maida Townsend gets her way, they're going to be sending all the public elementary and secondary school teachers to sit in a three-hour college class at a college or university to get rid of the racial bias to help 1.36% of the population. And just to let you folks know, two or more races, those folks who identify as two or more races are 2.02%. And I know this is going to anger the Asian community up in in Vermont because they are 1.68% of the population. And nobody, there are more Asians up there than there are capital B black folks. And they're like, nobody's making anyone take an Asian American history class. (laughs) And we got more of us than the uh, capital B black folks. What's going on there? But uh, hey, you Asians, sucks to be you. Mayor to Townsend. There you go. And she's a, a woke white Democrat up in Vermont. Of course she's white. 94.16% of them are up there. And this one, white boy Malcolm X, good God. There was ever a time to open a drink during a podcast, which I'm not, folks. Don't worry about it. But 
This would be the time. This is from Queerty. Are you ready for a grinder TV show? Because it just parked and is walking home. <laughs> if you folks out there don't know what Grinder is, it is a hookup app for queens. It is out there and you can download that on your phone. And for a lot of closeted, married, straight men, <coughs> straight men, uh, they use that as well. All sorts of folks use that, apparently. It's not on my phone, but you apparently can look forward to a Grinder TV show. And here are the details with that. The six-episode series, created by John O'Neill, will focus on a gay bridesman who undercuts his best friend's wedding. Episodes will run 10 minutes apiece. No official release date has been announced, but the show is expected to arrive this fall. So you queens settle down. You're going to have to wait a couple months and will be streamed on YouTube as well as within the Grinder app. <laughs> Talk about a dumpster fire, but if any of you had any doubts about how queens are bitchy... <laughs> This is going to remove all of it. God. A gay bridesman who undercuts his best friend's wedding. Backstabbing queens. Hmm. Never seen that before. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into our stories. This first one is from PJ Media. And yes, white boy Malcolm X, gay is at the front. Smoking gun, a Florida smoking gun story at the back. And here's this headline. Federal judge rules Miss USA pageant can exclude males. Uh-oh. Someone's not going to be happy. On Thursday, a federal judge dismissed a lawsuit from a man who identifies as a transgender woman. He had accused the Miss USA pageant of discriminating against him because it did not allow him to compete because he isn't biologically female. Only natural-born biological females are allowed to compete in the Miss USA pageant. Oh, I know the transgender community is already super butthurt, and I've only read two paragraphs. Anita Noel Green sued the pageant in December 2019 when his application was denied and his entry fees were refunded. The pageant argued that it had a First Amendment right to free association, (laughs) not for long, and allowing males who identify as transgender females would undermine its vision of empowering only biological women. The Miss USA pageant argued that Anita Noel Green does not seek equal access but seeks to fundamentally change defendants' mission alter its core message, and take away a level playing field from biological women competing for the pageant's crown. U.S. District Judge Michael Mosman ruled in favor of the pageant. I view it as an association that cannot, under the Constitution, be required to allow plaintiff to participate in what defendant says is a contradiction of that message he ruled. Green vows to continue to fight against what he calls discrimination. I believe Miss USA is on the wrong side of history, for choosing to actively discriminate against transgender people, but the road to creating meaningful change has always been a long and bumpy one, he said. And if you don't know what meaningful change means, that means bowing to their will, 100%, no questions asked. Transgender women are women, he claimed. My met what? Does she have a penis? White boy milk is gone. I'm supposed to ask that. Everyone knows that, even if she did. She showed up to the pageant, and it was right there, front and center. (laughs) You're supposed to say, well, that's a woman. She's in the Miss USA pageant. Let her in. (laughs) You're not supposed to ask that. Stop it. My message has always been consistent, and my message is this. Every person has beauty. Yes, okay. (laughs) And not really. (laughs) And I'm not even making, folks, I'm not even making a comment on physical appearance. I'm just talking about what's inside, and what is inside is just ugly because they are mean Mean and nasty if they don't get their way on this. And poor Miss USA pageant, what they're going to have to spend in legal fees. 
Because if you think Anita Noel Green is going to stop, wrong. <laughs> She's going to keep coming and coming and coming until she gets her way. And just wait. When they force their way into this thing and you've got a stage with transgender women and naturally biological women and they're all on stage. And the first time a biological woman wins the award, <laughs> man, they are in a lot of trouble. You're just going to have to hand it to the transgenders year after year after year after year. Because if you don't, they're going to call you a transphobe <laughs> and all sorts of nasty names. Because obviously you're not giving it to the transgenders because you're you're biased and you're transphobic. <laughs> be like, okay, just give them the award every year, year after year. I don't care. Just pick one. Just flip a coin. Just give it to them. In fact, disqualify all the naturally born women. Just get rid of them all. <laughs> Immediately, first round, boom, done. They're out of there. The Miss USA pageant will simply become a transgender-only pageant, and that will buy peace for the moment, right, until they find something else to pick on because they're not getting their way on something else. So, Okay, then, you folks, again, you folks at the Miss USA pageant, have fun with that. Okay, folks, this next article, this is from UPI, but this is a public service announcement, so whatever you're doing, if you are a millennial defiling yourself because you're thinking about going to Dunkin' to get some avocado toast, whatever you're doing, you're looking at your sex doll in your mother's basement, stop it. This is a public service announcement, especially, especially if you are in Alabama or Florida or Georgia or Tennessee or Mississippi, because they all surround Alabama. Here's the headline. Escaped kangaroo on the loose in Alabama town. A kangaroo was on the loose in an Alabama town after escaping from a handler while awaiting transport to Tennessee. Braxton Basinger, a member of the exotic animal transport crew that was taking the kangaroo, named Jack, so Jack the kangaroo, to a buyer in Tennessee, said the kangaroo was supposed to spend a couple of days at a farm in Winfield, Alabama, before the final leg of the trip, but the marsupial slipped out of the worker's grip and ran off. Basinger said workers attempted three times to capture the kangaroo without success, so Tuesday morning they were keeping an eye on the animal from a distance, while waiting for a veterinarian to arrive on the scene and join their capture attempts. And I'm sure you folks are like, Miller, Miller, why is this a public service announcement? What, what is going on? What's going on with this kangaroo in Alabama? Folks, first of all, you should listen to my podcast because you would already know. I'm sure the summit mistress knows. White boy Malcolm X, I know you know. Yes, yes, the rapey kangaroo. Folks, there are rapey kangaroos out there. We know that for a fact. We had a story about a rapey kangaroo in Australia. This poor woman, and she thinks it was her Sarah Jessica Parker perfume that turned this animal on, and he tried to rape her. She's jogging. This thing is stalking her. It pushed her, tried to hump her. It was doing all sorts of weird, creepy things to her, and she had to run to someone's house, and that damn kangaroo lurked outside waiting for her to come out. That's how rapey this kangaroo is. This is Alabama, folks. How many people in Alabama, how many women or people who identify as women in Alabama, how many of those folks down there do you think have Sarah Jessica Parker perfume? You know that's a hotbed of Sarah Jessica Parker perfume, Alabama. That's going to be perfect. Florida, they might inch them out, but I guarantee to you folks, Alabama, they got a lot of that perfume out there, and you've got a rapey, a potential rapey kangaroo out there. This thing could be, folks, this could be the Harvey Weinstein of kangaroos on the loose. This thing could be like, that's like a rape buffet for them. They could just be humping or trying to hump every woman in the state of Alabama. And if you don't like that analogy, how's this one? <laughs> yeah, that one might get me in a little bit of trouble, White Boy Michael X. This, folks, this kangaroo could be the high school teacher of kangaroos on the loose. This might be looking for, like, the kangaroo version of teacher bait. <laughs> but just women and people who identify as women with Sarah Jeff. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> that poor kangaroo goes and humps a guy in a wig and a dress. <laughs> 
wearing Sarah Jessica Parker perfume going, oh, I am not a gay kangaroo. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Be like, I'm a woman. How dare you call me, sir? You're a transphobic kangaroo. Poor kangaroo just, you know, scatters off. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get these days, folks. It is a mad, mad world out there. So just look. This is the public service announcement. Please, please, please be on the lookout. If you have Sarah Jessica Parker perfume, lock it, put it in a Ziploc bag, lock it in the freezer. You do not want a kangaroo to get a whiff of that because you are, you're in a lot of trouble. That kangaroo locks onto you. This is from Campus Reform. Want to fight racism? Of course, I'm Miller Frost. I'm one of the most woke people that I know. According to one university, cancel classes and take a nap. Hmm, let's find out what's going on there. LaSalle University in Philadelphia. Hmm, Philadelphia, folks, we all know that is the home of gay, white, queens, and systemic racism. Canceled classes for a day to allow students to conquer racism through rest. On February 1st, administrators at LaSalle, a Roman Catholic university, so DePaul is not the only nutty Roman Catholic university out there, announced that on February 9th, it would replace classes with an academic enrichment day, dubbed Rest as Resistance. According to LaSalle's website, the spring semester's first of three enrichment days will aspire to give members of the LaSalle community a respite from those days' classes, coursework, and schedules while offering opportunities to explore important topics like anti-racism and showcase academic projects. Or you can just lay in bed all day and play video games. Who knows? Who cares? LaSalle explained that the inspiration for Rest as Resistance Day comes from scholarship. And folks, if you don't know what scholarship is, that's just nutty research claiming that since racism is a trauma on our bodies, any effort to heal racism begins with healing our bodies. Rest can therefore function as inoculation against the virus of racism. Hmm, who knew? The school's Joint Commission on Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, I bet they're a fun group, and the Faculty Senate's Anti-Racism Working Group, speaking of lively and fun, and can you see those two groups getting together at a cocktail party? Ugh, that would be scary assembled resources highlighting what social justice activists, particularly women of color, believe about the power of rest. Among those resources is Reverend Trisha Hershey's The Nap Ministry. Hmm, who knew there was a ministry devoted to napping? Sounds fun. Which bases its discussion about rest as relaxation in black liberation theology, womanism, womanist theology, Afrofuturism. What the heck is that, white boy Malcolm X? You're fake <laughs> means you get a Star Trek tricorder or something. Reparations theory. And folks, if you don't know what reparations theory is, I got four words for you. Show me the money. <laughs> That's all the theory you need. Somatics and community organizing. And we know what that is too. Community organizing. Show me the big money. <laughs> Black Lives Matter, Inc. 90 million bucks last year. Hmm. LaSalle students were also encouraged to explore rest and rise meditation, which teaches listeners to cultivate a self-first mindset in the name of rest activism. And white boy Malcolm X, I have a question for you and a concern all at the same time. I can kind of group it into one. Do the white kids, do you think the white kids get to rest as well? <laughs> because that would be horrible, folks. I mean, that would be adding insult to injury to the capital B black folks, right? Because they use rest, right? Because rest can function as an inoculation against the virus of racism. And where does racism come from? White people, right? comes from white power and white supremacy and white privilege. And if you let the white people rest as well, guess what you're doing? You're letting the racists recharge. So all the inoculating you're doing against racism goes for nothing. You just flush it down the toilet. You just kiss it goodbye 
because you let those white crackers, you let them rest as well. So if you're going to do that, folks, if you are at LaSalle University or you're at some other social justice woke campus and you want to do this, you need to put the white people to work. You need to wear them out. Put them, I don't care, give them a broom, give them a rake, give them, don't give them a lawnmower unless it's a push kind. Don't let them do anything where the machine is doing all the work, but make them work, make them go home at night and make them go, man, I am exhausted. I am so exhausted. I can't even, even express any white supremacy today. I just need to rest. That is what you need to do because that is the only thing that is going to stop this racist oppression. <laughs> Letting those poor capital B black kids rest and they wake up and they're like, they see their white neighbors, their cracker white racist neighbors, and they're like, I'm rested too. Let's have fun. <laughs> Be like, no, what have I just done? So you people at LaSalle University need to think through this better. <laughs> Next time around, make whitey work. This is from the Mirror UK. I can't stand to be around my nine-year-old daughter. I avoid her at all costs. So folks, we're not even talking about a teenage girl, which, quite frankly, I couldn't blame her. Right? Who wants to be around any teenager unless you're a high school teacher wanting to be around a high school boy? But, you know, everyone else is like, ugh, get those stupid teenage brats away from me. But this, this chick is looking at her nine-year-old going, ugh, get away from me. Having a favorite child is a dark secret that every parent has, but not many admit to. One mom has revealed that although she can't pick a favorite child from her three, she does have a least favorite. Writing for Kids Spot, so this idiot went online to trash her own child, the woman admitted that she doesn't like her eldest daughter 95% of the time, and she can't stand to be around her. Although her son and younger daughter challenge her at times, throwing tantrums and have their faults, she still adores them. But this isn't how she feels about her eldest daughter, nine-year-old Lily, not her real name. She said, Now, don't be confused with my dislike for Lily with not loving her, because that is not the case. I do love her. She is my child, and she could do anything, and I would still love her. I just don't like her, and there is a difference. The anonymous woman explained that Lily's personality is the big problem. She added, It is Lily's personality, who she is and how she behaves, that I don't like. She is sullen, selfish, bratty, and creates drama constantly. She does it at school, at home, in her netball club, whatever that is, and refuses to admit her faults or work on them or listen to why she has annoyed someone or upset them. <laughs> now that, folks, I don't know about you, but that, folks, is a wonderful mother, I guess, in uh, 2021. You know, I just, I can't help but feel that that is what they call projection. <laughs> I bet if you ask the husband, you'd be like, you know, John or Tom or whatever the hell this dope's name is. Can you imagine that wife? Who in the house is the sullen, selfish, bratty one that creates drama constantly? You think he's going to point at the nine-year-old or you think he's going to point at his wife? Now, she's not in the room, right? Because if she's looking, she's shooting those dagger eyes at him. He's like, well, I'd like to get laid in the next century, so I guess I'm going to point to the nine-year-old. But if neither the ladies are in the room, guess who he's going to throw under the bus? I guarantee you, folks, the wife is the one in the house who's the pain in the ass, not the nine-year-old. Now, if the girl was 13 or 14 years old, yeah, I could see that, right? But not the nine-year-olds, no. Honey, you ain't fooling anyone. We all know you're the pain in the ass at the house. I don't know if you folks remember that article I had, and I didn't read the article. I just read the headline, and it had to do, and that thing was, I don't know how many pages long, but it had to do with queens wanting, queen gamers who wanted to have gay characters in video games, and that was the hill they wanted to die on was, I just want a gay character in this video game for it to really just resonate with me, right? And I was like, if that is important to you, you are, you need help. You need to find a hobby or something, right? But 
I guess, you know, I guess it is the hill to die on. So here, this is from Pink News, and they don't have long to wait, apparently. Harry Potter video game. Of all games, folks, Harry Potter video game, which has got to be the most transphobic of all video games, will allow players to create trans witches and wizards report claims. So a Harry Potter game will allow you to have a transgender character in it. Hmm. Let's find out more about that. Hogwarts Legacy, the forthcoming Harry Potter video game, will allow players to create trans characters. The news was reported in Bloomberg by Jason Schreier after he was contacted by several anonymous people associated with the game at WB Games developer Avalanche Studios. And I bet, folks, I bet that had to do with another article that we read, and we went through that article, where the head of Avalanche Studios, he was dealing with a lot of butthurt employees because they were like, why are we doing this game? Because... J.K. Rowling is a transphobe, and I just feel uncomfortable, and I don't feel safe working on this game and dealing with her homophobia and her transphobia. And I, at the time, was like, how long do you think it's going to be before he bends the knee and completely, either he gets fired or he completely changes course, right? And apparently now, he's kind of changed course, right? Because he's not getting rid of the game, but he's saying, well, okay, we'll keep the game. We got to keep the game, but why don't you all create transgender characters in the game? So it's like a win-win, right? He gets the money, he gets the profits, and all these like woke employees that he's got to deal with, these socialist brats running around and trying to run the place like they do at the New York Times, they get their trans characters. So I wonder if it has anything to do with that. The game will allow players to customize their character's voice, body type, and gender placement for the school dormitories. Characters can have a masculine or feminine voice, no matter what body type they choose. They will then... Hi. I'm Sheila. They will then select either witch or wizard to determine the dorm they're placed in. Some members of the Hogwarts Legacy development team have pushed for this trans-inclusive character creation following the explosive comments on trans lives and healthcare from Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling. See, I told you folks. They also reportedly have pushed for a specific trans character. The report claims that there was resistance from management at first, but this customization has now been added to the game in an effort to be more inclusive. Schreier added on Twitter, I should of course add the caveat that this game is at least a year away and anything can change, but this trans-inclusive character creator is part of the current plan. <laughs> it ain't gonna change, folks. The game, by the way, comes out in 2022, but if you think that's changing course now, now that this article is out on Pink News, you are wrong. <laughs> Take that away, you're gonna have riots. This is from The Federalist, and how's this headline? If NASDAQ gets its way, all listed companies must have at least two diverse board members. Hmm, that sounds interesting. Let's find out more. The Nasdaq Stock Exchange amended its diversity plan on December 1st and filed a proposal with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to mandate all companies maintain at least two board members from diverse backgrounds. Nasdaq recently submitted a proposal to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission focused on diversity of the boards of companies listed on a U exchange, wrote the president and CEO of Nasdaq, Adina T. Friedman, in the Wall Street Journal on Monday. Our proposal establishes a recommended objective for companies to include at least two board members from diverse backgrounds. We ask that each company disclose anonymous aggregate data, self-disclosed by the directors, regarding their gender identity, race, ethnicity, and sexual orientation. If passed by the SEC, any Nasdaq-listed companies that do not comply with the new rules will have to provide an explanation to all shareholders. The plan requires that there is a self-identified female on each company board, as well as someone who self-identifies as either an underrepresented minority or LGBTQ+, 
according to a statement released by NASDAQ in December. This proposal and partnership gives companies an opportunity to make progress towards increasing representation of women, underrepresented minorities, and the LGBTQ community on their boards, Neil Greggs, president of NASDAQ Stock Exchange, said. And white boy Malcolm X, do I even have to ask you, sir, how NASDAQ plans to do this? Yes, of course. Of course, queens with clipboards. And folks, can you imagine queens with clipboards going into these boardrooms <laughs> sent in by NASDAQ? Because if you can't, I certainly can. Hi, I'm from NASDAQ. Adina Freeman sent me. And you have some diversity quotas to fill. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. You have some objectives to fill regarding females and LGBTQ plus and other members of the minority communities. And so I'm here. I've got my clipboard and I've got my pen. And I just want to certify you that this is acceptable, that you have met the criteria for having the requisite diversity in your board. And I am just looking out here. Oh, my. There are a lot of white men here. In fact, that's all I see is, is white men. Mm. Well, I right now I can't check any boxes, gentlemen. I'm really sorry. I just, but you know, let's let's see what we can do here, right? So, is there any LGBTQ plus representation here? Any any at all? Anything? Now, no gay people. I don't see any lesbians. So obviously, because you all would be wearing flannel, but that's a different story. But now we do have. Is anyone questioning? Any, any question? How about any bisexuals? Because bisexual is pretty easy. You can do anyone, right? You can still do your wife. You can do whoever. I don't care. But does anyone here now? Well, look, folks, gentlemen, don't make me clean house here because I, I need to check a box here. So I, I don't care. Does anyone have like, does any of your sons or daughters have like a hot friend, a hot male friend, you know, maybe some high school teacher bait scene or something? Does anyone have any fetishes like that? that I could just need to check a box for bisexual. Anyone? Okay, you saw. Okay, thank you. I checked that box. Okay, you guys are fine. We do have some LGBTQ plus representation. And sir, if anyone asks you, you're also questioning. You're just questioning which of your your kids' friends that you want to screw. Okay, that's just that, and that's perfectly fine here. Okay, we're just gonna check that box. That's good. Okay, so I need, I need a woman, and I, all I see is men. Okay, so I I just need a woman, and I, I'm not checking the same box twice, folks. I'm just we're not doing that here. So, can I get a woman? And before anyone panics, you don't actually have to lose your penis, okay? No surgery required. I just need someone who says I identify as a woman. Anyone? Because I swear to God, guys, I'm going to clean house here. I'm going to not check this box, and someone is going to lose their job, two or three of you, and I'm going to just put all sorts of BIPOC people in here, and I'm just going to ruin your white good time. So anyone want to claim to be a woman? Okay, you, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll just check that. Okay, then. We're done here. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. You have been such good sports. I will let Adina know that you guys are woke and good to go. Thank you. Have a nice day. (laughs) That is what is going on at NASDAQ, or we'll be coming to a boardroom on a NASDAQ-listed company here soon. Just remember, NASDAQ folks, do not screw with queens with clipboards. They They will get you in the end. This is from the Daily Wire, and this White Boy Malcolm X, this is a local story, not a college campus, but it is nuttiness in a school system. Boston Public Schools suspend advanced class enrollment test, says too many students in them are white, of course, or Asian. Hmm, let's find out more about that. New fifth and sixth graders will not be accepted into advanced classes in Boston for the next year. The entry test suspended due to the pandemic while at the same time the school district has raised concerns about racial equity problems 
noting a vast majority of students in those classes are white or Asian. The school district analyzed the demographics of the program and found that more than 70% of students enrolled in the program were white and Asian, even though nearly 80% of all Boston public school students are Hispanic and black, GBH reported. There's been a lot of inequities that have been brought to the light in the pandemic that we have to address, Superintendent Brenda Casalias told the outlet. There's a lot of work we have to do in the district to be anti-racist and have policies where all our students have a fair shot at an equitable and excellent education. (laughs) So you Asian folks out there who are thinking, hmm, I've got minority status. I don't have to worry about whitey and I can just slide in. Let the other BIPOC folk tear down Whitey and I'm going to slide right in there. No, you are wrong. (laughs) Wrong, 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 wrong. You and your kids are going to get punished just like Whitey because you're doing too good as well. So you might as well be white because what what they're going to do to you is they're going to screw your kids just like they're going to screw the white kids. And uh, this, folks, this goes to disparate impact, right? So you can have a basically a neutral policy or a neutral test or a neutral set of circumstances. And if they don't get the right quota numbers, even though everything involved is neutral, they're just going to shut it down, right? So you got a great advanced program for students. And because white and Asian kids tend to test better in these things, and they're getting placed in these things better than the other kids, well, we're just not going to let them do it anymore. (laughs) We're just, until we get those numbers up, right? So they're either going to just stuff more minority kids in there, or they're just going to shut it down, but they're not going to have disparate impact. And they don't care how many Asian and white kids they have to screw over to be, quote unquote, anti-racist and to have equity. Everything is going to be equal outcomes, not equal opportunity, folks, equal outcomes. And if they're not equal outcomes, someone's getting screwed. (laughs) There you go in the Boston public schools. That helps to make the kids smarter. This is from the Post Millennial. Vancouver opens facility for transgender persons only after pulling funds from Women's Crisis Center for Transphobia. Vancouver City Council, the same council that garnered international outrage after it stripped funding from Vancouver Rape, Relief, and Women's Shelter for being female only, has now invested $3.8 million into housing for transgender-identified people. So they took away the money from a Rape, Relief, and Women's Shelter and gave it to the transgenders. The first single resident occupancy that is specifically and only for those persons who identify as transgender, gender-diverse, or two-spirited, whatever that is, the Ross Aoki House will be in downtown Eastside and will have room for 24 residents. The city used funds from its empty home tax to buy the 24-bed Ross Aoki House, which will be staffed by the nonprofit organization Atira. In its 2021 budget, council identified their intention to focus on equity, see, equity again, folks, and critical social issues. Councilwoman Lisa Dominato said that Ross Aoki House is really about inequity and ensuring that the transgender, diverse, and two-spirit community has access to safe, affordable housing. There's a real win in this, Dominato said. Well, unless you are a female rape victim, then you're kind of screwed, no pun intended, in that we know that transgender, diverse, two-spirit community faces higher rates of homelessness and is also at higher risk for violence. So we're able to meet the needs of this undeserved community in terms of housing unfortunately, at the expense of female rape victims. Women are smeared as bigots. And we've talked about this so many times on this podcast about being called TERFs and transphobes for not adhering to transgender doctrine. But women are smeared as bigots for suggesting that females who have been raped and abused by males may find it distressing to be sheltered alongside biological males 
regardless of how they identify. Proponents of smearing these women ultimately believe it is more important to validate the false notion that males can become literal females than it is to provide a sense of physical and psychological safety for female rape victims. Men's feelings have become more important than women's safety. And I don't really have much to say about that at all, except those sick whatever at the Vancouver City Council. Good God. Well, that's what people have voted for. I guess that's what they're going to get. This is from the San Francisco Gate. And folks, we are going back to Alabama. I don't know about rapey kangaroos, but how's this headline? Teen Civil War Reenacting Chicken Found in Alabama. So a teenager had a chicken that would reenact the Civil War, (laughs) I guess. And they found that damn thing in Alabama. Let's learn more. A Mississippi teen who lost his Civil War reenacting pet chicken, Peep. Yes, folks, the Civil War reenacting chicken is named Peep. Outside a Cracker Barrel restaurant in Alabama was reunited with the bird courtesy of a farmer who helped find the fowl. Thomas Ramsey, who founded a military reenactment group for youth, no doubt, folks, no doubt he is a little racist. From He's from Mississippi, so we know. We can check that box. He's already a racist, but... He has a military reenactment group for youth, so he is a double racist, told the Coleman Times he was headed home from a weekend event at Spring Hill, Tennessee, when he stopped with a friend at the restaurant in Coleman on January 31st. He left Peep, a rooster. I wonder, White Boy Malcolm X, do you think Peep is a racist too? (laughs) He's got to be. He participates. This stupid chicken participates in Civil War reenactments, and that has got to be, folks, that has got to ooze with white supremacy. So I bet this little, you got rapey kangaroos and racist chickens in the state of Alabama. Good God, that state is a hot mess. They're trying to be Florida. Anyway, picking back up, he left Peep, a rooster that participates in simulated battles, tied to his truck in the parking lot. Just what you want to do with a rooster, tie the animal to the back of your pickup truck. Ramsey, 18, said he and his friend walked out about an hour later to discover the chicken had flown the coop and was nowhere to be seen. I went back into the Cracker Barrel, and it was very hard for me to say this with a straight face, even though I was panicking. Do you have cameras in the parking lot? I think somebody stole my chicken, said Ramsey, of Copia County, south of Jackson. Someone overheard and said they had seen Peep wandering in the parking lot. And so obviously they didn't say anything. This is Alabama. They're like, man, look at that chicken there running around that parking lot. <laughs> look at that thing. Look at that thing go. Does that have a Confederate uniform on? Damn. Now that is a rebel chicken. <laughs> An animal control officer got involved in the hunt and missing chicken photos of Peep soon spread on social media pages around Coleman, a city of around 16,000 people 50 miles north of Birmingham. With no sign of Peep, Ramsey continued the drive home, which had to have been horrible for him. Then he got a message that the bird had been found outside the Cracker Barrel and farmer John Watson, who posted advice on catching Peep, had the rooster and was headed to Birmingham to meet Ramsey for a reunion. I believe in paying it forward, said Watson. God has blessed my family so much throughout the years. I believe we should be kind to our fellow man. Yes, it was just a chicken, but it was his and he clearly cared for it. Well, I hope he didn't care for it too much. (laughs) I don't know about people and farm animals, especially in Alabama and Mississippi. Ramsey said Civil War soldiers sometimes had animals with them on the battlefield, so he takes Peep to reenactments. During the first one Peep attended, He said the bird got out of a bag and wandered around during simulated battle. There's about 10 cannons just blazing and all the rifle fire, and he's not going crazy. He's pretty chill, Ramsey said. (laughs) There you go, folks. Thomas Ramsey found his chicken (laughs) in Alabama at a Cracker Barrel. Good for you, kid.
I do white boy Macamax. I do wonder if he uh, dresses that chicken up in a Confederate uniform. <laughs> That's a little redneck chicken. How's this headline? Speaking of chickens, but we're going to Illinois. Well, it's not really a chicken. Illinois police seeking owner of belligerent guinea fowl. <laughs> so, someone else has lost a, uh, a bird of some sort, but this one's in Illinois. Let's find out more about this. Police in Illinois said they are trying to find the owner of a belligerent and foul-smelling guinea fowl found wandering loose in the town. The Swansea Police Department posted a photo to Facebook of what the department misidentified as a missing chicken, but commenters pointed out it was actually a missing guinea fowl. Can you imagine what weirdos living in their mother's basements were like trolling Facebook and saw that and were like, well, that is actually a guinea fowl. Those stupid idiots at the Popo Department <laughs> think it's a chicken. They're so dumb. I'm going to go tell them, you got it wrong, Popo, you racist pigs. It's a guinea fowl. <laughs> See that? Loud, belligerent, non-cooperative, foul-smelling won't leave the post set. The department is asking anyone missing a guinea fowl to get in touch with police to claim their bird. <laughs> What kind of weird pets do people have these days? Good God, a guinea fowl. <laughs> I tell you what, the woke Miller would have handled this slightly differently. Because, folks, you know how woke I am anyway. But I would have just told the Swansea Police Department, as woke as I am, I would have been like, you know, you folks, if that guinea fowl had been a black man, you just would have shot it, right? So pretend and take care of the problem, right? Just shoot the damn bird and call it a day. But no, they want to find the owner. You know, everyone knows that Popo go around shooting black people. That is just, I know that for a fact because I read Black Lives Matter Inc. And that's what they say on their website, right? <laughs> Popo exists. That's why they want to defund the police, right? Popo exists to shoot black people. So pretend people at the Swansea Police Department, you racist pigs, pretend the guinea fowl is a black person and shoot it and call it a day. Problem solved. And I'm sure other woke people are like, yeah, yeah, you go. You are woke. You are the wokest woke guy we know. Tell him Popo just to shoot the damn thing. Okay, here's our smoking gun story, our last story, and here's this headline. Cops, girl 12, sold stun guns to classmates. Hmm, let's find out what's going on with this young chick. A 12-year-old Florida girl is facing criminal charges after she admitted to selling stun guns to classmates, police report. According to investigators, a staff member at Coleman Middle School in Tampa today alerted administrators that pupils had reported that a female student possessed a stun gun on campus. In response to the tips, a school resource officer removed the young suspect from class and questioned her about the weapon allegations. The girl cop said admitted to purchasing five stun guns online and bringing them to school this week for resale to fellow students. Now that, folks, that is an industrious young lady. The child said she sold three of the weapons yesterday and police are seeking to retrieve those stun guns from the parents of the purchaser. So a couple kids are going to be in a little bit of trouble. The girl, whose name police have released, was found today in possession of two stun guns manufactured by ViperTech, which offers some models that retail for less than $15. So White Boy Malcolm X, you can get a stun gun for less than $15. Hmm, who knew? The underage weapons dealer was transported to Tampa's Juvenile Assessment Center, where she was booked for possession of a weapon on school property. Probably just a misdemeanor. Owing to the nonviolent nature of the alleged offense, the girl will likely be released into the custody of a parent. So this young lady, folks, is a arms dealer at Coleman Middle School in Tampa. And they are, I don't doubt they're going to throw the book at her, but she's in just a little bit of trouble. But, you know, I have to say in her defense, 
In her defense, folks, and I know some of you are like, Miller, there is absolutely no excuse for a 12-year-old girl selling stun guns in junior high school. That is absurd. That is insane. How dare you even insinuate that? Folks, folks, just calm, just calm down a second, seriously. Just calm down. Just take a breath. I have a, I have a hypothetical for you, right? Because what do we talk about a lot on this program, on the Miller Frost Show? We talk about predatory high school teachers lusting after teacher bait, right? Because everyone knows that a high school teacher sees a 15, 16-year-old boy and is like, mm, that, that looks so delicious. How do I get my hands on that? How do I get my hands on that? I want that boy, right? That happens all the time. It happens probably every single day. So I think these kids are probably arming themselves. She's probably selling them to like 13 and 14 year old boys because these poor boys, they know like in a year or two, the birthday cake comes and then the predatory teachers come right after. So they're going to be like, how do I fight off these vicious horny teachers? Just going to just hump the hell out of me in every room in the school. And they're probably going to hump me in their car. And they're going to hump me here and hump me there and hump me, hump me everywhere. How what am I going to do? I got to fight them off. I'll get a taser and I'll tase that horny teacher and I can escape. So don't always assume that this is for bad because I think this is a good thing that we arm 13 and 14 year old boys against these horny high school teachers. Because I guarantee you folks, you taser one or two of them, they're going to start to learn because obviously throwing them in jail, charging them with felonies and throwing them in jail for 10 or 20 years isn't working, right? Because Week after week, we got more teacher bait stories. So I think if you tase a couple of them and then you throw them into jail, maybe you'll get the less horny teachers moving forward. So I don't know, folks, you officers over there, you know, please, you know, please go light on this young lady. Find out what's going on. I bet you I'm willing to bet that this is the scenario that she is just helping out defenseless boys from being raped by these horny high school teachers and their teacher bait lust. Okay, then. And on that note, I think we're done our podcast for the day. So thank you, folks. Thank you so much for coming by this uh, podcast of the Miller Frost Show with me, your host, Miller Frost, as always with my fake black friend, white boy, Malcolm X. I think I forgot to say this at the beginning of the show, but if you want to get hold of me, my email is miller at millerfrostonline.com and my parlor handle, that is at Miller Frost. So we are going to be back here next Sunday, correct, sir? Of course we are, because it's Sunday. What else do we do? So in the meantime, have a great rest of your week and a great start to your weekend. Enjoy the next couple of days. Take care, and we'll see you back here soon. Bye-bye. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Wait a minute! I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.